God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. And I want to thank everybody for signing up for our Substack. Uh, we're doing, uh, we're getting a lot of good signups uh, for that. And uh, again, that is at scottadamsshow.substack.com. And again, uh, the incentive to sign up now is that it's free. So if you sign up uh now it's free and there's always going to be a free section but there's going to be a premium section but everybody that's in uh, uh everybody that's a subscriber today or at the point where we turn the switch uh we're going to actually s- uh, put them in our premium portal uh and uh basically you're going to have access to the premium content that we are going to be putting out which is going to include video uh vlogs they call them and blogs and articles and some other premium things. Right now, uh, we're producing podcasts and uh, we're putting a storyline behind every show. And that's going to be part of the free part. And then the premium section is going to have vlogs and videos and some other premium content. Everybody that signs up up until that point is is basically going to uh, continue to be getting that premium content for free as it rolls out through the end of the year. And then the next year, uh, you know, if we, uh, if, when we do that the next year, it's going to be something else. So um, we're going to have a premium section, but you're going to get premium for at least, you know, a good half a year, at least it probably even more than that. We're going to grandfather out people is what we're doing. So there is an incentive to subscribing early uh, because we're going to treat the people that subscribed with us early special. We're going to treat them special, and the people that are listening to this show, we're going to treat special. And also, um, if you'd like to call in today, the number is 215-TOP-TALK. That's 215-867-8255. That's 215 867 
800-848-8255 if you'd like to call in and be heard. Talk about Ukraine, uh, because that's what we're going to be talking about today. And uh, and Vladimir Putin. We got a couple of uh, clips we want to play that are kind of interesting. You know, I uh, just posted, really, two uh, new things in preparation for the show. And uh, everybody's up in arms about Vladimir Putin and what he has said. He said something about scum and traitors. And uh, he says, Putin decries Russia's supporting the West. So Russian President Vladimir Putin urged his people to reject scum and traitors supporting the West which he cautioned is trying to provoke a civil confrontation with Russia. You know what I think is a problem? I think the problem is the censorship. By not giving a voice to the Russian platform, and when you go on Twitter, for example, because they've gotten rid of all the uh, conservatives on Twitter, it's, it's just a one-trick dog-and-pony show. Everybody talks with the same voice. Everybody's like a zombie. Everybody is a libtard. Everybody is just basically saying the same crap. And I'm I'm so sick and tired of it. I'm sick and tired of not thinking outside of the box, not basically having an honest discussion about issues because, you know, let's face it. Ukraine is not all right and Putin is not all wrong. Now, Putin is making some mistakes and he's being tested like he's never been tested before. This is a challenge of a lifetime for him. And whether or not his, cho- his choice to go into Ukraine is, is a very tricky one. Has me scratch my head at times. I don't really know what the upside or the win is. You know, you, you talk about the ask and you talk about the win. Um. I don't really know what the upside is for his invasion of Ukraine, frankly. Even if I was a if I was on the side of Putin, right, which I'm not. I'm not on the side of Putin, but I'm not on the side of Ukraine either. And that's what makes this topic kind of tricky. Is because if you support one thing, you sound like you're supporting the other, but you're really not supporting either. And that's what's so tricky about it. We call them traps in politics because sound bites mean something. You know, they'll say uh, about Tucker Carlson, for example, that he's a Russian shill. He did study Russian in college. That was his Russian studies was his major. And so I'm sure he has some passion for Russian history. But Russians aren't all bad and the people aren't bad. The oligarchs are bad. And generally speaking, the oligarchs are liberal. And that's the problem. Is, is This is really, again, about po- politics. And it's about who you trust. And number one, the number one problem with this whole thing is that they've banned all Russian, uh, not propaganda, Russian outlets. To the point where they're closed down. They ban them. Russian Today can't be on YouTube, for example. And stuff like that. When was the last time that happened? I remember the Q community was banned. 
on YouTube just before an election. Just before an election, it was... Uh, and you know what was amazing about that is in July of 2020, a woman on YouTube, and I can't remember her name, Dana or something like that, but I, I would love to find this clip. And I went and searched for it, and it was removed. But I remember uh, getting a tip that this woman said something about YouTube was going to trash all the Q web uh, channels on YouTube. All of them. All of the ones that were talking about Hunter, all the ones that were talking about the truth, a lot of truth, and a lot of um, conspiracies, and all the ones that were talking about this stuff that was going to basically make a difference in the election. And she said, in three months to this day, practically, I got a tip from somebody who works at Google, and I got a tip and that they're going to be cleaning out all the channels related to Q on YouTube. And, and she said this on video in July of 2020. And October of 2020, guess what happened? Just before the election. I'll give you some time. Guess. Go ahead. It's a quiz. It's a quizzo. It's, it's Irish Day. It's, it's Happy St. Paddy's Day, everybody. And we're going to have quizzo at the Irish pub. And... Uh, and that's what happened. And just like that, man, uh, unbelievable. They cut them all out. And it shaped the election. And wh- meanwhile, at the same time that that's happening, Zuckerberg, Zuckerbucks, is financing election fraud. So Facebook, with their billions of dollars, is rigging the election on the private side. So you don't, you don't, and the government basically just turns a blind eye because they don't like, you know, orange man bad, you know, all that business. Orange man's too bad. Well, believe me when I tell you, I would love to have some mean tweets and a, a buck eighty nine a gallon of gas right now, because eighty dollars to fill up a tank is too much. It's crushing the middle class, and the globalists know it. And this is why I have such a problem and this is why I don't really have a lot of um, sympathy for the Ukrainians and for the globalists that support the Ukraine because they're just as bad. I, I would have rather Russia at least not be censored because you know, when you're in a conflict like this where lives are being lost and slaughter is happening and, and theaters are being blown up, you know, you wonder why a theater gets blown up by uh, Russia. It's a bomb shelter, yes. I remember in the Middle East, terrorists were hiding bombs and missiles and weapons and arsenal and money and, and, and terrorists in mosques. And you say, well, you can't bomb that mosque because it's a mosque. That's anti-religion. But meanwhile, it's being used as a weapon or, you know, it's being used as a tool. 
for war. So who knows? But what I what because we're not there, right? But it would be nice to hear two sides of the story. And what what's happening is I'm hearing only one side of the story. Just one. And I don't think that's healthy. I don't think that's fair. And I don't think it's right. So this headline says scum and traitors Putin decries Russia's supporting the West okay so let's take a listen to the clip let's take a listen to this clip okay here we go uh, we're going to take a listen to the clip and we're going to listen to Vladimir Putin say this and when I first heard him say it I thought wow that sounds a lot like Nazi Germany that sounds a lot like Hitler but then I put my thinking cap on for a second and I'll explain to you what I came up with in a moment. But we're going to take a listen to it now. What's your first reaction? And then what's your second reaction? Okay. Meantime, Vladimir Putin in Russia is issuing some of the most frightening comments we have heard yet from him in terms of cracking down on opposition in Russia. Listen carefully here to the president of Russia. But any people, and even more so the Russian people, will always be able to distinguish true patriots from scum and traitors and simply spit them out like a fly that accidentally flew into the mouth. Spit them out. I am convinced that such a natural and necessary cleansing of society will only strengthen our country. Well, that's pretty, that's pretty strong words, right? Well, we never said that Putin wasn't a strong man. We knew that. No surprise there. No surprise that Putin is a strong man. No surprise that Putin is a thug. No surprise that Putin is probably a corrupt leader, a tyrannical governor. Otherwise, why wouldn't he cede power uh, when he was supposed to? He decried a new law or he wrote a new law in the place that meant that he could, you know, he could uh, run again. And I think it was uh, Medvedev uh, that became the president interim, and then Putin ran again, and then, became, you know, ran a new term. You know, and that wasn't right. That wasn't the way to go. He needs to cede power. He needs to step aside and let somebody else run Russia. Otherwise, he's not going to be taken seriously. So right now, he's you know basically a uh, dictator. That's that's a problem for me. But on the same token, you heard what he just said. Basically, scum and traitors who align with the West. And what he's talking about, he's talking about people like Vladimir Klitschko. He's talking about Zelensky. Zelensky spoke before Congress yesterday. And it was nice. It was everything you could expect. And everybody fell in love with Zelensky. But again, Zelensky, you know, could help out too. He's got $1.2 billion parked over in uh, an island somewhere, laundered. His relationships with Kolomoisky and Burisma know no bounds. 
I mean, he's made billions of dollars off of his cushy job as running Ukraine and aligning with the West and spitting in the eye of Putin and playing around and toying around with the idea that maybe he's going to be in NATO one day and part of the European Union. And Klitschko's don't help. The great boxers that they were and are, you know, these two, Vitaly and Vladimir Klitschko, the two brothers that were in the boxing world for 20 years. I followed them. I was a fan of them. But they're radical socialists. They want to be part of the European Union. They want to be part of the new world order. And then you get that woman that it was a member of parliament. The name escapes me right now. But, you know, she also, in no uncertain terms, you know, came to the conclusion that, um, you know, that it was okay to, to be a, a globalist and uh, be a shield for the euro. So when Vladimir Putin is saying basically you're a traitor to the West, what he's kind of talking about is is just the, just that, just the, that there's a problem with Russian values being turned into, you know, the, that are very nationalistic, being turned into, you know, globalists, socialists. And which one's better? Is, is, is Vladimir Putin any worse than Justin Trudeau? Is Vladimir Putin any worse than Nancy Pelosi? Or Adam Schiff? <coughs> or Eric Swalwell? Who basically turned a coup on a, an American uh, president? And lied to the American people? And locked up protesters? That, that questioned the uh, election integrity? On January 6th, while at the same time cheering on a scumbag like Jesse Smollett, who's a racist, who is just set free and nobody even cares. It's two standards of justice. It's two standards of censorship. It's two standards of media. It's two standards of everything. We've been so divided and segregated. And so Obama got his way. He got his wish. Because people were too stupid to see that they were being played by a MKUltra Sololinsky disciple. And that is Barack Obama. So let's take a listen to this. Only fight for Ukraine right now. It's a critical time because we know that we not only fight for Whoops. We we not only fight for Ukraine, we fight for a new world order, is what she said. And I don't know what what just happened there. That's Facebook. By the way, Facebook censored that. Uh, They censored it. They said, missing context. I couldn't believe it when they did that. It's like it's her own words. For Ukraine, now it's a critical time because we know that we not only fight for Ukraine, we fight for this new world order for the democratic countries. We knew that we are the shield for the euro. Right now, it's a critical... So we knew we were the shield for the euro, right? Right now, it's a critical time because we know that we not uh, only fight for Ukraine, we fight for this new world order for the democratic countries. We knew that we are the shield for the euro. 
All right, so hopefully that won't play again. I don't know what just happened. Facebook sucks. But um, the image, it says it's, her name is, if you want to look her up, it's Kira, K-I-R-A, Rudik, R-U-D-I-K. She's a Ukrainian member of parliament. And her name is Kyra, K-I-R-A, Rudik, R-U-D-I-K. That's her name. And so, you know, she let the cat out of the bag there didn't she? And that was probably not the, the sharpest, brightest thing to do. And, um, you know, I think that there's a lot to hide. I think there are a lot of politicians that don't want Putin to get access to information. I think that there's a lot of Western politicians that have blood on their hands, and not only blood on their hands, I think that they have a lot of corruption. I think that there's a lot of corruption in Ukraine. I think there's also a lot of things going on in Ukraine that are a threat to Russia, like bioweapons, chemical weapons, and things like that. I think that some of these weapons of mass destruction that were hidden in the Middle East wound up in Ukraine. And how did they wind up there? Money. What kind of money? Oil money. Gas money. Look, Burisma, if they could afford to pay Hunter Biden $83,000 a month just to do nothing, uh, there's got to be a lot of bread going around, right, folks? There's got to be a lot of cash. And that's the sick, sick part of it. So, you know, they sit there and they free Jesse Smollett. They free him. And we're supposed to just think that's okay. You know, the one thing that I wanted Jesse Smollett to get when I heard the verdict last week, I wanted him to have jail time. He did six days, and all of a sudden, that's okay. We're supposed to be okay with that. And they, they got him out on appeal. I, I, just think it's, I just think it's absolutely terrible that that happened. And... Um, so I'm going to play a uh, small clip here uh, to give you some um, right here. Let's take a listen to this. I'm sure Jesse Smollett was just sentenced to jail. And now he's been released from jail or is about to be. He was just a few days into his 150 day sentence. But this evening, an appeals court ruled that Jesse Smollett can go home while he works to get his conviction overturned because he's not a Trump voter. He's not one of those January 6th guys rotting in solitary for more than a year. He's Jesse Smollett. He's a famous actor. Smollett's attorney said the appeals process will take longer than 150 days, so it's only fair to let him out as the appeal works its way through the system, because again, he's a Hillary man. They also argued Smollett was in danger in the Cook County Jail, even though he was in solitary confinement. He could have beaten himself up again. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. Those arguments took the day, so Jesse Smollett is back home tonight. Wow. It's just right in front of you, you know? uh, Jeffrey Epstein, murdered, no video. And you're just supposed to, oh, okay, that's fine. No corruption there. The French guy that was the bag man for Jeffrey Epstein, dead, no video, dead in his cell. And we're just, oh, okay, all right. No, No problem, you know. At some point, you just got to lose all respect for your government. 
You know, when I sit there and I'm looking at the government and their response to China and whatever China is going to do in this Ukraine conflict, I'm actually sitting there wondering what the American government's response is going to be. And you know what I'm looking there for? I'm looking there to see what the MO is and how quickly or what the red line is. So I'm looking at the government to see when they fold. I'm looking at the government to see how much pressure they can take before they flip and fold. As if they're my adversary. You know, is Hillary Clinton my friend or my foe? Is Joe Biden my friend or my foe? Joe Biden has done more to ruin my life than Vladimir Putin has done. And so has Hunter and so is Hillary. These people keep me up at nights. You know, they kill innocent Americans like in Benghazi and lie about it. And then they sit there in front of four dead coffins on a tarmac and blame it on a senseless video. Do you recall that about Benghazi and Susan Rice lied through her teeth about a senseless, mindless video? And then they arrest the guy that did this stupid video. I saw the videos. Like, I've seen better stuff on YouTube for sure. That didn't have any sway whatsoever worldwide. How they make this stuff up and how people believe it is unbelievable to me. But my, my, the, my foe is the one that's ruining my life, the one that's costing me $80 uh, a fill-up at the gas pump, the one that's actually uh, taking food off the shelves, taking food off the table, because every time they raise the prices on inflation, they're taking food off my table. They're limiting my purchase power. They're taking money out of my pocket. I work hard for this. So all I'm saying is, is that this has got to stop. The people that are hurting me the worst are the people that we're supposed to applaud as being on the side of America. They're not on your side. They're your adversary. This is the first time in my life where I looked at the government and I'm looking at the government as an adversary to my life. They want to tell me to put on a mask. They want to tell me to distance from my friends. They tell me that I can't work in an office. They tell me I can't go to a theater. They tell me I can't go to a sporting event because I don't have a jab. I don't have a vaccine passport. I know people that have been denied credit because they spoke out and said the wrong thing. I get censored on social media. My friends, my, my liberal friends never got censored. In fact, when I bring up censorship with my liberal friends, they don't even know what I'm talking about. I said, I got censored on Facebook. And you know what they think? They think, oh, I'm just some radical loony tune. I'm a lunatic, you know. Basically, I'm just a radical, you know, saying a whole bunch of crap. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about. And I post some stuff, and they just write it off like, well, I don't know anybody that's gotten censored. 
uh, you know, just be normal, you know, but you're a crazy person. So naturally you'd get censored because you're a nut job is what, how I'm being portrayed. Right. You know, I don't know anybody. These liberals don't know anybody that got censored. Oh, I've never known anybody that gets censored. You must be doing something wrong. (laughs) No. Think outside the box for a second. Do you really want to be on the side that censors your political adversary? Do you? Libtard, do you? Do you think that's fair? Do you think it's right? So when Vladimir Putin comes out and talks about scum and traitors, I have no problem with that. Because you know who he's talking about? He's talking about the same people that he sanctioned. Joe and Hunter Biden, Hillary Clinton. Those are all people that are worthy of being sanctioned. These are all villains. These are all globalists. These are all people that want to open your borders, take away your jobs, strap a mask on your face and your children's face, put a jab in their arm, and tell you that being a trans is okay at 14 years old. Ugh. If that doesn't burn you up, I don't know what should. You know, I'm just so sick of it. And then we get this Zelensky guy that's prancing around, begging for cash. And we gave him, what, $800 million? But we gave him more. A lot more. And here we are. Charlie Kirk wrote, two years ago today, Anthony Fauci and the pharmaceutical industrial complex hijacked our American government. Are we in a better place now because of it? It's a good question. Rising Serpent writes, Joe Biden is giving billions to a country that gave his son millions. But he wants the rest of us to make all the sacrifices at the pump, the grocery store, and in the bank accounts, in our bank accounts. See how it all works? See how it works? But good news, there is some good news. We're winning some battles. Tim Swain writes, U.S. Senate on vote of 57 to 40 just passed Senator Rand Paul's bill ending the airplane public transportation mask mandate. Hallelujah, we don't have to wear a mask when we get on a plane to celebrate. The Bradford File writes, Jesse Smollett is released from jail pending his appeal while Trump supporters are still rotting in prison waiting for a trial for trespassing. Meanwhile, Secret Service says it doesn't have Hunter Biden's emails from some years. His laptop says otherwise. Just the news found on laptop seized by FBI dozens of emails in which presidential son coordinated travel, corresponded with agents on his protective detail. Rules for thee, but not for me. So the Columbia Bugle says Tucker Carlson's debate on Representative Marie Salazar over her support for a no-fly zone in Ukraine and her push for sending weapons to Ukraine and her amnesty bill. So, you know, this Salazar, we played this clip last week, and we're going to play it here in a second uh, with a Tucker Carlson uh, interview. He had a nine, ten-minute interview. I could have played it, but I'm not going to play that interview because 
It was stone cold stupid. You know, Salazar is one of the dumbest, more, most moronic Republicans I think I've ever run across. And and that's the that's the pro- the other problem I have. And it sounds so negative that this show right today, but uh, what seems to be very uh, troubling for me is even people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who I adore. Right? I, I mean, I'm a big fan of Marjorie Taylor Greene. Endorsed a guy like J.D. Vance, who supported McMullen over Trump and was a Trump hater. And I don't know why she did that. And uh, I'm also un- unhappy about Getter because Getter is censored Scott Adams show for some reason. Um, and it's it's not I've asked him for a week now. I told him I can't post. Right. I can no longer post. And it came exactly after I had called out um, uh, basically uh, a couple of people, uh, Steve Bannon and Steve Cortez. And by the way, I get notifications from Getter, right? And I get these flashes, you know, Jack Posobiec, uh, Steve Bannon, and Steve Cortez, all part of the same media uh, consortium, pitching all kinds of things, selling, uh, you know, basically... They're just selling and selling and selling. And you look at their tweets and half of them are selling pillows and stuff like that. And it's re- a little ridiculous. But the idea is you know what they're there for. They're there for the money. And so I called them out about their endorsement of J.D. Vance. And I thought, how in the world? You know, and even I, I would even say Tucker Carlson has J.D. Vance on his show and shouldn't. But Tucker Carlson, you know, has come a long way over the years. He used to be a little bit more of a weekly standard Bill Crystal type of Republican, a neocon. Uh, but in any case, um, he uh, has swayed over because he, he can see right and wrong. He could see that. But I got to tell you that... Um, But Steve Bannon and Steve Cortez, all who I like and friends with Trump, endorsed J.D. Vance. And I just have a a fundamental problem with that because J.D. Vance is never to be forgiven for the things he did against Trump. And he's coming out now. He's a charlatan. And I've been to many events where J.D. Vance has been. I've been... uh, Leonora's worked with him and uh, and uh, had him speak at a, a couple of events in these Washingtonian elite forums. And, you know, I kind of know who he's connected to and what he's about uh, from an insider perspective. And I got to tell you, you don't want him in Ohio being a senator. He's going to be no better than Portman, you know, who is a senator in Ohio. So... I don't know. I just I don't understand Marjorie Taylor Greene's position on that. But this Congresswoman Salazar, Maria Salazar, just absolutely stone cold stupid when it comes to this aggression in Ukraine. And for what? You know, the biggest problem with this whole conflict is how easily it could have been avoided to begin with. I told a friend it's unlikely that this will happen because it's so easily avoidable. And they could sit down today and just have a ceasefire and come to some rational agreement. 
But that's not what they want. They want something different. I, I actually think that there's a green initiative going on here. You could almost make the argument that there's a green initiative going on here. I wrote this yesterday in my Substack. Again, if you want to subscribe to the Substack, go to scottadamshow.substack.com. You know what my new phrase is? Political analyst extraordinaire. That's my new tagline. It's kind of cool. I like it. I like it. But <clears throat> yesterday's, uh, uh, yesterday I wrote this in conjunction with the show and uh, in, on the Substack. Again, scottadamshow.substack.com. And I said, Russian sanctions, Joe, Hunter, and Hillary. <clears throat> and this was the encapsulation of the show yesterday. I said, Mitt Romney's dark money with Kofor Black, Ukrainian oligarchs, oligarchs, Saudis embrace of the China yen, UN and I uh, thank the uh, thank the listener who corrected me on Yuan uh, uh, who corrected me on that uh, on how to pronounce it. I got a uh, a listener that pr- corrected me on that, and I think I probably still butchered it. Um, but I said this. I said Biden's mess is an intentional. I said this yesterday, and I think this is profound. I wrote this yesterday. Uh, in conjunction with yesterday's show on Substack. You can read this over on Substack. I said, Biden's mess is an intentional strategy to gain government power over a struggling middle class of independent taxpayers who tend to vote for policies that empower them. The mess that Joe Biden has created is intentional. It targets middle class voters who vote for American first policies that empower the people while shrinking the power of government by first crushing the middle class with COVID restrictions followed by a one-two punch with unprecedented inflation, it becomes clear that the fight is real. And we, the people, are at war with our own government. From climate change to COVID mandates used to advance social credit scoring systems, to cyber attacks on fossil fuels and beef industry, to shutting down our supply chains, to turning a blind eye to Russian aggression in Ukraine, the attack on our middle class by globalist socialists is quickly becoming an existential threat to middle class people around the world. Corporations like BlackRock and Vanguard, who own a piece of almost every multinational corporation benefit from the designed train wreck that is the Biden administration. Whether Joe's in on it or too stupid to, to know better, the outcome is as predictable as an inside trader tip that would allow the power elite who control politicians to buy early and cheap, then sell when the inflation reaches an all-time high. Just like buying a home when prices are low, then selling on the bubble just before it bursts. This is Washington politics. This is crony capitalism. This is, in fact, the design of the Biden administration, where everything we've seen in his first year was predictable and done on purpose in the name of greed, 
built on insider trading. If you want to read that again, uh, I posted that over on my Substack. That's at scottadamshow.substack.com. I wrote that in conjunction with the show yesterday. And I got to tell you, that's exactly what's going on. I don't think this is by mistake, and I don't think these people are stone-cold stupid. I think that they are intentionally turning a blind eye to Vladimir Putin and knowing that he's going to take Ukraine. They're exploiting, for all it's worth, the globalist agenda. Uh, they're, they're parlaying it. They're, they're promoting it. And they're saying that nationalism is bad. They're trying to get Trump supporters to align with Putin, even though they have been the ones to, that empowered Putin all this time. You see the trick that's going on here? Do you see it? They're tricking. It's part of their agenda. They're tricking the people. They're basically getting you to align with a so-called tyrant. They're taking away his voice and his megaphone. They're censoring all Russian television. They're taking away his voice. And then when he says something about scum and traitors, they broadcast that out and try to parlay, try to spin it like it's Hitler. But really what he's talking about is Hillary Clinton and Adam Schiff and Joe Biden and these people that have sold out America for years and gained enormous profits in a public country that laundered cash in Ukraine. Do you see the spin and the propaganda associated with this war? And do you see how this will advance globalism? And do you see the impact that it's having on prices, whether it's oil, gas, or beef? And Ocasio-Cortez, in a part of her Green New Deal, was all about squashing fossil fuels and beef, cow flatulence, We could have no place for that in this society. And Bill Gates also is the biggest ambassador of synthetic beef. And Bill Gates is also the biggest ambassador of vaccines. It's connected. You better believe it. So we have um, another uh, clip. Uh, This is... um, this is uh, Tucker Carlson's open about Zelensky. Let's take a listen to this. President of Ukraine, Volodymyr Zelensky, addressed members of Congress today in a long and at times moving speech. Among other th- things, Zelensky demanded the United States shoot down Russian aircraft over his country. The White House has not yet agreed to do that, but things do seem to be moving very rapidly in that direction. Not long after Zelensky's address, Joe Biden announced the United States will send a total of at least a billion dollars of weapons to Ukraine just this week. Members of Congress from both parties then emerged to say they don't think that's enough. Watch. And the lethal drones, we need more of those in country as well. You know, people talk about a no-fly zone. They can create their own if we give them the military equipment and weapons. Uh, But there's a lot I think we can do uh, to help Ukraine shoot down those Russian aircraft, bring down those missiles. A package that includes fighter jets and air defense systems to the Ukraine immediately 
so that we can have a Ukrainian no-fly zone. What we need to do is make sure that Ukraine has the equipment it needs in order to defend itself, particularly the skies. I think there's a bipartisan movement right here. Provide them the MiGs. Provide them the planes where they can create a no-fly zone. So things are changing very fast. For weeks, leaders in Washington told us that an American-backed no-fly zone in Ukraine would be unwise because it would amount to an act of war against a nuclear-armed Russia. As you can see, those views have evolved a lot. But in fairness, Congresswoman Maria Salazar got there first. Salazar is a longtime news anchor from Miami who a little over a year ago was elected to Congress as a Republican. She now sits on the Foreign Affairs Committee. A week ago, a reporter from the Gray Zone asked Salazar what she thought of a no-fly zone. Here's what she said. Do you support a no-fly zone in Ukraine? I support everything that has to do with punishing Vladimir Putin and helping the Ukrainians. Wouldn't that mean direct conventional warfare with Russia? I don't know what it will mean, but you know freedom is not free. So you don't know what a no-fly zone will mean? If you, if you have to shoot down Russian planes, I mean... Of course! I don't know what it will mean, but you know freedom is not free. Now, we made fun of that answer last week when we first showed you that clip. But now what we mocked is the consensus in Washington. We don't know what's going to happen. We've got to do it immediately. That's the argument you're hearing. At this point, no one wants to say it out loud, but it is true. At this point, a shooting war with Russia seems inevitable. How could war with Russia not be inevitable? Virtually everyone with power is for it. We remain against it. We think that joining a war in Eastern Europe will hurt this country. Though, to be clear, when and if that war starts, we will be praying passionately for America's total victory. Unlike so many in the foreign policy establishment, we love this country above all, and we mean it. But in the meantime, while the United States is still technically at peace, we thought it'd be worth asking people who are calling for war if they have considered in detail what a war would mean for this country. Congresswoman Maria Salazar was gracious enough to accept our invitation to come on the show. We're grateful she did. She joins us tonight. Congresswoman, thanks so much for coming on. Of um, course. Thank you for inviting me. Well, yes. So since you have called for war with Russia, how do you think that war, once it begins, would play out? I think that's a hypothetical question. I think that we should concentrate, Tucker, in what Zelensky asked Congress today. I'm sorry, I I can't, uh, no, and I'm I'm in no way um, trying to cut you off, but I I can't let you elide over that. You said we should shoot down Russian planes. That's, of course, war. Since you've called for that, you are a member of Congress. I think. Well, you just said that on the tape we played. That that was taken, yeah, but that was taken out of context because I said, of course, that I know what that means. I was that. that She doesn't know what she means. Uh, That debate goes nowhere for about four minutes. And then, and then you have to go beyond that. It's a nine-minute clip, actually. And, uh, you know, sending, uh, getting into a direct conflict with Russia is, is a stupid idea. And, it's not, and Ukraine's not worthy of it. Ukraine's not the hill we die on for that. You know, this is not about world peace. This is about territorial land. This is also about globalism versus nationalism. This is a lot more to do uh, with Russia feeling threatened by globalism than they ever did about Ukraine. I don't think Ukraine's really the problem for Russia. It's, It's the politicians and the corruption in Ukraine, the rigging of elections. 
You know, you got Victoria Newland from the State Department, a libtard herself. And she is rigging elections. She's manipulating elections. And, you know, you, one has to wonder, you know, when does when do we have to pay the piper for all this corruption, right? So let's see if I can find that um, Victoria Newland phone call, right? Let's see. Let's take a listen to this. Certainly, Victoria Nuland is not the only person in Ukraine expressing her frustration at the lack of action from the European Union. Jokes, actually, about uh, the strong language that she used uh, there, apparently, in that phone conversation have been... Right here. Let's take a listen. What do you think? Uh, I think we're in play. Um, the the uh, Klitschko piece is obviously the complicated electron here. Um, especially the announcement of him as deputy prime minister. And, and you've seen some of my notes on the troubles in the marriage right now. So we're trying to get a read really fast on where he is on this stuff. But I think your argument to him, which you'll need to make, I think that's the next phone call we want to set up, is exactly the one you made to, to Yachts. And I, I'm glad you sort of put him on the spot on where he fits in this scenario. And I'm very glad he said what he said in response. Good. So uh, I don't think Cleet should go into the government. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess you think what, in terms of him not going into the government, just let him sort of stay out and do his political homework and stuff. I'm just thinking in terms of sort of the process moving ahead, we want to keep the moderate Democrats together. The problem is going to be Tony Book and his guys. And, you know, I'm sure that's part of what Yanukovych is calculating on all of this. Um, I, kinda... I, I, I think Yats is the guy who's got the economic experience, the governing experience. He's, he's the guy, you know, what he needs is Cleach and Tony Book on the outside. He needs to be talking to them four times a week. You know, I, I, I just think Cleach going in, he's going to be at that level working for Yatsenyuk. It's just not going to work. Yeah, no, it, I, think that's, you know? I think that's right. Okay. Good. Well, do you want us to try to set up a call with him as the next step? My understanding from that call, but you tell me, was that the big three were going into their own meeting and that Yats was going to offer in that context a, a three-way, you know, the three-plus-one conversation or three-plus-two with you. Is that not how you understood it? No, I think, I mean, that's what he proposed, but I think just knowing the dynamic that's been with them where um, – Klitschko has been the top dog. He's going to take a while to show up for whatever meeting they've got, and he's probably talking to his guys at this point. So I think you reaching out directly to him helps with the personality management among the three, and it, and it gives you also a chance to move fast on all this stuff and put us behind it, behind it before they all sit down and he, um, he explains why he doesn't like it. Okay, good. I'm happy. Why don't you reach out to him and see if he wants to talk before or after? Okay, will do. Thanks. Okay, I've now written, oh, one more wrinkle for you, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember if I told you this or if I only told Washington this, that when I talked to Jeff Feltman this morning, he had a new name for the UN guy, Robert Seri. Did I write yeah. you that this morning? Yeah, okay. I saw that. He, he's now gotten both Seri and Ban Ki-moon to agree that Seri could come in Monday or Tuesday. Okay. So that would be great, I think, to help glue this thing and have the UN help glue it. And, you know, fuck the EU. 
No, exactly. And I think we've got to do something to make it stick together because you can be pretty sure that if it does if it does start to gain altitude, the Russians will be working behind the scenes to try to torpedo it. And again, the fact that this is out there right now, I'm still trying to figure out in my mind why Yanukovych did that. But in the meantime, there's a party of regions faction meeting going on right now, and I'm sure there's a lively argument going on in that group at this point. But uh, anyway, we could uh, we could land jelly side up on this one if we move fast. So let me work on let me work on Klitschko, and if you can just keep, I, I think we want to try to get somebody with an international personality to. Um, come out here and help to midwife this thing. And then the other, the other issue is some kind of outreach to Yanukovych, but we probably regroup on that tomorrow as we see how things start to fall into place. So on that piece, Jeff, uh, when I wrote the note, uh, Sullivan's come back to me, uh, VFR, saying you need Biden, and I said probably tomorrow for an attaboy and to get the deets to stick. So okay. Biden's willing. Okay, great. All right. Thanks. So there is, uh, you know, basically it's it's rigging an election in 2014. So this was a recording of Assistant Secretary of State Victoria Newland and Ambassador Jeffrey Pyatt uh, speaking on the phone about U.S. strategy for a political transition in Ukraine and includes a crude swipe at the European Union. The audio was posted on YouTube uh, on the original source is unknown. Read, uh, and, and so so here it was uh, originally published February 7, 2014. Anyway, you know, Victoria Newland is also the person who lied about uh, Christopher Steele's dossier. And she lied about knowing ahead of time. And she was caught in the lie because she said that she didn't uh, attend the meeting that Christopher Steele had with the State Department uh, because she didn't know that it was happening, and then she also said she didn't. She said she didn't attend the meeting because she didn't like the optics. She thought the optics would be bad. So which one is it? Right? She's lying through her teeth. But in any case, that's you know what we're dealing with here, and she's still in, in power. She's the undersecretary, and she's connected, joined at the hip with Joe Biden, rigging elections in Ukraine. And look how that's worked out for us. And you think someone like Vladimir Putin is happy that someone like Victoria Nuland is meddling in uh, geopolitics right off the coast of Moscow? I don't think so. Hey, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out scottadamshow.substack.com. scottadamshow.com for the latest podcast also. And be sure to check out MAGAPAC to see what we're doing to advance America First policies to make America great again. And also use MyPillow. Uh, When you go to MyPillow, use Red State as the promo code. And we'll see you next time on the video. Bye, everybody. Grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.